Hey, it's Cam. Welcome back to another episode of This Might Be Helpful, and I sincerely hope that it is. Today, I would like to talk about the nervous system, particularly the very nervous system, because even the notion, even the idea that it's cold and nervous system is kind of hilarious because it implies that it is always nervous, and its foundation kind of is. The nervous system is built with nerves and nerves are built to react and respond. But sometimes they get flicked into a position where they're always on. And when they're always on, that nervous system has no space. And when it has no space, it's got no room to respond, only react. And when we find ourselves trapped in a world of reactivity, it can be a real bummer. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to mention that this podcast is brought to you by the This Might Be Helpful community, which can be found in the show notes below. If you enjoy these episodes and you would like to support this podcast, including the guests that come on it, and you would like access to more content like this and take an active role in its creation by contributing to this show, I highly recommend you check out the community. Uh, it is overwhelmingly wholesome. I would retract. It is perfectly whelmingly wholesome and really beautiful it's a a space that has been created with intention and i'm seeing for the first time really what happens when a community is built around intention and a space is infused with intention because intention aligns action with emotion with energy and with an intention of openness, with an intention of willingness, with an intention of space and expansion and connection and collaboration. Those are some pretty incredible ingredients to use to build a community. And it's already unfolding in ways that I I couldn't have predicted because that is the essence of community. It's not one person, it's the collective consciousness. And when you have a community built with the collective consciousness, with people know what collective consciousness is or might be, it's a pretty special thing. So if you enjoy these words, there are more of them to be found within that space. I hope it to be the most valuable community you could come across on the internet. Without further ado, let's dive in. The nervous system is split into two branches. The parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest, something that might help you remember what that branch of the system is for, is the idea of parasympathetic. Para, paralyzed, I think, sitting still. So the parasympathetic nervous system is designed to dampen excitatory messages and allow you to rest, digest, and be at peace. A little bit of tranquility never went astray. The sympathetic nervous system is there to act. And the way that I remember that is it is sympathetic to your needs. It is sympathetic and thus will move for you, move to keep you alive. It's sympathetic to the dangers you might be facing. Now, we oscillate between these two, we oscillate between these two systems because we need to. The challenge is when we kind of get locked into one side or the other. And that tends to be, in this day and age, getting stuck more in the sympathetic side of the nervous system. 
I'm not going to get too deep into the neuroscience today because I didn't prepare notes in that regard. And what I'm going to say will be applied and can be applied without an intrinsic awareness of how this system is working. The same simple actions and simple steps still work, regardless of how much we know about these systems. And so this is an episode that's about turning exposure into experience, turning learned knowledge into earned knowledge. These are things that you should go away and apply and actively integrate because with the abundance of information we are faced with on a daily basis on that DB, it can be quite overwhelming to think about what we should be doing. And this is another thing that is contributing to these overactive, overstimulated, overwhelmed nervous systems. So I am no stranger to a very nervous system. There's a reason that I talk about the things I talk about, say the things I say. It's because I am in a journey of self-regulation and self-soothing and self-discovery, just like you. And whilst we have this emotional landscape that we are exploring and this realm, these multiple dimensions of consciousness that we're exploring, it is underpinned by this ancient bioelectric system that's job is to communicate and facilitate messages for survival and perpetuating our species. We will do a whole episode on why we have such nervous systems, but today I want to focus on action. Because when you have no space in your nervous system, when the sensitivity is turned up to 10 out of 10, there is no room to respond. And our power really comes down to our ability to consciously respond to what emerges in our reality. But when there is no space in that nervous system, we hit the edge, we max out, and it turns straight into reactivity. And reactivity often veers things in a trajectory that is not within our conscious control. And that's when we have days where we go, why am I like this? Why is this happening? Why is nothing working? It's because we have no space. We need to give ourselves space. Increase the buffer between you, or your idea of you, and the potential stressors of this external world. Look at it as a roller coaster, right? Roller coaster, when it's coming back into its station, there are those big rubber buffers on the end of the tracks so that if the brakes were to fail, you would run into that rubber buffer and that would stop you from uh, obliterating your skull on the person in front of you, ideally. Now, when there is no buffer, that edge has a hard stop and the momentum that carries you over that takes you outside of the realm of your control. And so what we need to do is install buffers and what does that is behavior. So focusing on behavioral antidepressants, things that help you to produce inner calm, inner tranquility, inner safety that is not so conditional. Because if we are continuing to wait for things to be peaceful, wait for things to be safe, wait for things to be happy, then we'll spend our lives in the waiting room. And the waiting room is boring. And they got crappy magazines that are full of germs and I will not touch them. So I would much rather engage in my own behavioral antidepressants, which are largely there to self-regulate and self-soothe, but we should do those through avenues that are intrinsically enjoyable to begin with. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that your position as the pilot of this nervous system is to respond consciously to 
the reactions that you feel bubbling up within you. So when you have no space in this nervous system and somebody triggers you, for example, someone frustrates you, that anger, that frustration is right beneath the surface. And boy, golly, does it want an outlet. Oh my goodness. That anger wants to come out. But when we speak with anger, it's not us speaking with anger. It's anger using our voice. And I'm sure you know that feeling when you know that you could not say the thing you're about to say. You could actually apologize and diffuse a situation. You could remove yourself from a situation, engage in something that is more likely to regulate you and shift your day into a different trajectory. But the anger is seductive. The frustration is seductive. You want to slam that door, dude. <clears throat> you want to slam it. But it won't help anything. For a, It'll feel good. It might feel good. Like slamming a door when you're angry <clears throat> feels nice, but it makes you want to slam more. And then as soon as you do slam that thing, you go, ooh, okay, yeah, maybe that was a little bit too much. Maybe that was a disproportionate reaction to this event. And... That's what happens when the nervous system has no space is that its reactions to things are disproportionate. And when you continue to have disproportionate reactions relative to the uh, gravity of what you are presented with, that is when we live lives that are dysregulated. And it's not fun. It's not enjoyable. Not for us, not for the people around us. And so our responsibility is in regulating, is in self-soothing. We have to do the work but I'm a believer that the work doesn't have to feel like work. The work doesn't have to be associated with our regular connotations of what work is. Work can be fun. It can be enjoyable. You can go on a process and a path of self-discovery and enjoy every moment of it. doesn't mean that every moment is easy or simple or intrinsically obvious. What it means is that we can take our inner development and inner work seriously whilst also not being serious about it because the universe likes it when we alleviate ourselves from having to be serious i have to go to work i have to do these things these are all just thoughts so in terms of some actual practical methods of self-soothing and self-regulating this nervous system with the intention of creating space, because with space we have room to respond, with space there is a greater distance between our thoughts so that we are not as likely to get so wrapped up in those thoughts, with space we find that what we perceived to be catastrophic and destructive was actually just a temporary emergent phenomena in this never-ending stream of reality and by removing our characterization and association with this stuff that emerges we find that we can flow more dynamically and more peaceful with the chaos that is inherently a part of this experience but that is more possible when we catch ourselves at a two to three to four out of ten on the emotional richter scale so if we wanted to look at your nervous system in terms of a linear path, zero is you're dead, 10 is you almost want to die. Like one is I'm alive, two, I'm alive, three, hmm, I'm getting kind of frustrated about something. 
my breathing is starting to quicken, but it's also starting to get more shallow, which is telling my body that I'm going into hunting mode, some kind of excitatory, anticipatory mode that is going to start releasing adrenaline and cortisol. It's going to start amplifying the risk, amplifying the danger. And this is where we want to intervene. This is where we want to start taking conscious control, saying, okay, I recognize this feeling. I am aware of this feeling, the iciness in my chest, the negative words closer to the surface, ready to come out of my mouth, the uh, greater frustration at the people and the things around me. Maybe inanimate objects are starting to piss me off, in which case it is time to regulate. My methods of regulation are as follows. Recognize through awareness that I am escalating. Intervene using the body because you cannot think your nervous system out of its distress. You need to use it. It needs to be used. When we are experiencing the racing thoughts and the negativity in the mind, we are experiencing the final sum of this neurobiological equation. When we are stuck in the thoughts, we are the leaves blowing in the tree, not paying any attention to the roots. You got to go get grounded, baby. Go for a walk. I know it sounds reductionist, but I'm going to keep telling everybody to go for walks until they do. You don't have to go for long. Give yourself 10 minutes to go and walk. Go and regulate. Allow it to become more. Allow yourself to go for longer if you want to. And usually you do. Usually 10 minutes in, you're starting to feel a little bit better. And you go, oh, I, I don't mind this walking thing. You know what? I think I might keep going. Allow that anxious energy to move through your body. Because you will find that it goes out of your mind where that turmoil is. And you'll start to bring that energy into your peripheries, into your body, into your limbs. And it is used as fuel. Instead of just a fire in the mind, that fire is fuel. Use it. And once you get back to your house, I personally like to engage in some slow breathing because that nervous system, when it's amped up, when it's fired up, it tells you that things are urgent. It tells you to panic. It tells you that you have no space, that you have no safety, that things are going wrong and you must react. You must respond. Your job as the conscious being is once you create enough space in that nervous system enough space to respond slow things down slow down the breath slow it down slow it down slow it down and i will reiterate one more time to slow it down because as you slow down that exhalation you engage that parasympathetic nervous system and that will reduce the rate of your heart, which will reduce the rate of those excitatory chemicals getting pumped out, which will reduce the frequency and amplitude of those thoughts you are experiencing. And when you do that, you've created space in the heart, space in the mind, and between those two, you form coherency and that is where equilibrium is, equanimity, tranquility, inner peace, calm, balance, whatever you want to use, whatever you want to describe it as, coherence between mind and heart, the energy of the thoughts and the electromagnetism of the heart, those are fields. 
And if they are discoherent, we are discoherent. If they are dysregulated, we tend to be dysregulated. But by using the body, getting back into the body so that you are no longer just this head full of thoughts walking around this meat suit that happens to have needs, you actually go back into being your body. This is important because you have a body. Just people tend to look at it as a, uh, an encumbrance, as just this thing that's there that has needs. But anxiety is a full body experience. So you have to have a full body approach to dealing with it, to regulating it. Slowing down that exhalation is how we gain stability and groundedness in a world that feels very shaken up. Once we have that regulated breath, we've regulated our body, we've started to regulate our breath, then we can engage in attention, stable attention, intentional concentration. So our energy goes where our attention goes. If our attention is in a negative direction, we're flowing our energy there, and that's going to yield what we receive from reality. But it's hard to redirect that attention when our nervous system is frazzled, when we are frazzled. Hence the personal process on my end of moving the body, then using the breath, and then once I have started to regulate those two, I have so much more conscious control over where my attention goes. And what we want is stable attention, being able to direct our attention somewhere and continue to recalibrate and redirect that attention when it strays. We want our attention to be on the positive side of things because the quality of our thoughts absolutely dictates the quality of our reality. And I'm not saying anything new here. What I'm saying is that if we haven't used the body first to regulate these very physical systems, it's a lot harder to redirect and maintain positive attention with our thoughts. Whereas if we create space in the nervous system through movement and through breath, then there is space around our attention so that it is less likely to get disrupted and distracted by all of the other distractions that emerge, whether they are in the physical reality around you or whether they are in your mind. This ability to maintain and sustain attention occurs through focus, which is different than awareness, but that's for another podcast. Once we have attention and we can sustain that attention in a certain direction, we can engage in mindfulness, which is casting a positive accepting and curious observatory filter over how we are perceiving things that are emerging in our reality. And through this little stack, this behavioral antidepressant, which requires our participation, we can regulate the nervous system, regulate the body, regulate the breath, regulate the heart. Once we have that, we create space and coherence. We use that space to direct our attention. And then we use that directed attention to then think about things in the way that we want to perceive and receive. So this is me saying think positive thoughts, but acknowledging that that is a really difficult process to do if you have a dysregulated nervous system. Now, 
this is probably being a dysregulated podcast. Um, and that's okay because I actually haven't gone for my walk today and I'm about to do that thing. I was going to record a completely different podcast, but because I have a dysregulated nervous system right now, uh, I thought it was relevant to give you an insight into the practice behind the preaching. And I wanted to keep this one simple with just walk and breathe and direct attention because there is a abundance of information and that abundance of information can lead to overstimulation when we don't integrate it. Because when we do not take information and then allow it to infuse our actions, then it just is floating around in that head of ours and that can get quite overwhelming. So these are things that are too simple not to action, to move, to breathe, to then use our attention in a positive direction. Those are three things that you can do to regulate this very nervous system and reorient your trajectory through your day. A couple of finishing touches I will add are sleep. If you are not sleeping well, then you are not giving your nervous system the support it needs. And I can do a whole episode on sleep, but I'll probably get an expert in for that. Um, my focus is on being able to apply the things that we learn in here because I want to help you reduce suffering in your life and I want to help enhance joy. And that requires your participation. And I realize that participation is much harder when there's been overstimulation and too much information. So when we keep things simple, we can get back to that simple place because often the answer is really simple. The answer is to go do the thing that you know you should do. The answer is to go and do the simple thing, but we have to take very complicated roads to get there. But we are building the conditions that allow tranquility to emerge, building the conditions that allow inner peace to emerge, building the conditions that allow us to navigate this reality with more intention, less distraction, more compassion, and more joy for the benefit of all sentience. I love you. I do. And I'm grateful that you're here. If you enjoyed today's episode, what the heck? <laughs> Leave me a review. Thanks.